All right, Cherubs, the stars are involved. Welcome to the Football Ramble. It's Wednesday, the 5th of May. I'm Kate Mason. I'm Luke Moore. And I'm Vidushina Hantaraja. Can there be any more beautiful sights, guys, than the the mad genius of Pep Guardiola sitting in a glistening jacket in the midst of some snow in Manchester? In May? Sitting back. In uh, May, by the absor- way. I think, I think that ruined it for me. Yeah. <laughs> Did you reckon? Yeah. Which? The, the snow? Just the, the sleet, yeah. It, was just, it, just felt, it just felt really incongruous. Really? Yeah, I thought I just uh, fair enough. You expect a bit of rain, fair yeah. enough. Mm. But the fact that it was sleety snow was strange. I think the the, fin- the finest sight in the top level of European football, Kate, for me at least, uh. is a multifaceted PSG tantrum. <laughs> I don't think it's any better than that. I, I think for the rest of us mere mortals, it's just great to watch. I think that's something we should start to build into the ramble. By the way, if you don't, if you get to like half time ish, or maybe I don't know, sort of. 35 minutes 32 minutes and you don't feel like it's gone your way or you haven't got your off. best takes in no not storm it just like like Kick. start tapping each other's microphones <laughs> I've just realised you've never done a show with Jules have you <laughs> <laughs> he's so brave when she's not in he really is uncanny it's uncanny how brave he is it's not, it's not quite for hell this isn't bravery <laughs> I mean, it is brave to speak out. That's yeah, what it's I'm important doing. to speak out. Yeah. To speak out to the nation. Yeah. yeah. Do you need... Are you all right, Vish? I, I think I am all right, yeah. I, I like maybe we should take this a bit more seriously, Luke. Nah. <laughs> I thought about that before, but I thought, nah. This is not the mum and dad vibe I was, I was going for there. No, that, that's definitely not going to happen. Get over <laughs> it. Right. I, 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 do, I do take your point about Pep. I thought... And, and, and I don't know... This is a, this is a question I, I kind of had in mind to ask you guys about their um, their, their kind of success in getting to a final last night. And it's a beautiful story, isn't it? It's beautiful. Yeah, it's, it's romantic, you know. It's, you know, when Pep put his, uh, put his wrapped up blanket on the back of an old stick and walked from, from yes. Barcelona to Manchester, or via, via Munich, I guess, um, with nothing but his wits about him. Nothing. A fiver in his pocket that his old man gave him. Yeah. And that, look where we are now. Look where uh, we are. But, but no, but what I was going to say was, does it justify the the perceived underachievement that they've had in this competition beforehand because if you look at the fact that Guardiola is his first appearance in the Champions League final since what 2011 that's 10 um, years Lee. it is that's a decade it's a difficult thing to get to of course but is it is it justification is it does it is it now in retrospect being looked at as almost like a project that is now coming to fruition or has he just been a bit lucky this time around he says it is Pep Guardiola he says getting to the final of the Champions League makes sense of what we have done over the past five years yeah case yep. closed I mean, I think that is how it works. You've obviously got to get your first and they wouldn't have wanted it to have been as late as it has been. But it does seem a whiff of an era creeping mm. around. And right. it's weird to say that given six months ago we were talking about how much of a basket case they were. Yeah. But the way they've set, set you know, put teams away. Also, the way they won yesterday was, was very different to how they've been playing. So what they had less of the ball, they only had 44% of possession, they defended solidly, but they defended differently to how we're used to Man City defending. Yes. The whole premise of it is that they have more of the ball, so if you have less of it, it's harder to score. But they were chucking themselves in the way. That felt a bit more like what we'd call a traditional rear guard performance. And they seemed to really respond to that. And the way they were celebrating tackles and blocks. And I know we, we probably in this country make quite a lot of that anyway. Big time. Well, but Carl it, Walker was going on about it afterwards. Yeah. He was like, yeah. for me, that's like a goal. Yeah. yeah. But, there, but there was something about it was like, okay, they're, they're all together. Bear in mind, like, 
because of how he was blocking them, like an adult man, I forgot that Ruben Diaz was only 23. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, so the Ruben Diaz element to this is really interesting if you talk about the game itself, because it's actually anathema to what Ruben Diaz is, at, is generally really good at, which is underappreciated in among, generally speaking, among British football watchers, right? So Ruben Diaz is a brilliant organiser, amazing positionally, good with the ball at his feet and all the things you'd expect from a modern defender. But you don't really that often see him do what he did last night. Mm-hmm. But the fact that he can do what he did last night mm-hmm. in a bit of a John Terry kind of tribute act way, uh, and I mean that with respect because he was brilliant and he's <laughs> one of the very best defenders in the world in my opinion. That's what's going to be able to elevate his reputation in English football because yeah. of that kind yeah. of thing. Because what the best defenders do, as we, you know, as, as regular football watchers should know, is they snuff out danger before it even happens, right? They're seeing danger. Mm. That's why he's so good for John Stones, because he organises John Stones. That's why John Stones turns into Benny fucking Hill when, Ruben, when he's playing for England, because he's got Ruben Diaz next to him. So, so the fact that Diaz was able to put that kind of performance in last night um, will further endear him to English football fans, and they'll remember that kind of performance purely for the way he kind of executed. Ruben Diaz has got to be a massive shout for, for Player of the Year. Also looking incredible, uh, Phil Foden on the night. I mean, as as he was coming off at the end, um, commentators saying, you know, we're going to see him in so many more of these sort of massive games. But I mean, how many massive games has he already played in it? Phil from Stockport, age yeah. 20. Yeah, it's incredible. It's incredible what he's done. Um, I talked about him with Marcus on the Lions Watch show last Friday. Um, and I was saying that when he, he's, he's starting to look consistently now like a player that at his best is very difficult to see other teams being able to deal with him because he can do so much stuff so well. Like, do you remember that passage of play last night where he, he, he took the ball in the half turn, dropped his shoulder, cut inside and smashed one off the post. Mm-hmm. From it was obviously a... terrifying. The minute you, he gets the ball, you think, it was like Shit, it, it we're was, in trouble it, here. It, because of his stature and because of the way he did that, it was like it was literally like watching Lionel Messi. Yeah, basically. yeah, I know what you mean. It was. Yeah. It, 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 it does bear comparison to that. He's obviously not unlikely to become the player that Messi has been, the greatest player who's ever played the game. But that particular passage of play was reminiscent of it in the semi-final of a Champions League. And I understand that people will say that PSG were cooked by then. Fine, <laughs> but he still did it. And it was still amazing to watch. He he is. They he, were cooked because he did the cooking. Right, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> he, and he, he'd probably serve it up, be the waiter, yeah. to sommelier as well, <laughs> do everything else. He can do everything. There's not a weak part of his game for an age for a 20 year old, which is incredible to see, to see to see. So one of the things that's emerged over the last season with Foden, I think, has been how positionally dexterous he is. You know, yeah. because he he's been op- he can operate on the wing, he can operate in the centre midfield, he can operate off the striker, and yesterday. And and in a bit in the first leg as well, we got a snapshot of how we can do all that in the same game. Hmm. So there was that moment you talked about there. There was a moment in the first half where he also gets on the half turn, beats three players and offloads it to Zinchenko. And then his assist for the second Mahrez goal where he was just like, I'm just going to put the Jets on now. Yeah. And, you know, take a ball from... quick, eh? Yeah, take a ball from De Bruyne, easily put it across and bang, that's 2-0. He's, he's a phenomenal player and he's... We go from good problem to actually... Sorry, bad problem to to good problem in that. Like, where you know, where does he fit in? Now we know he fits in. Now we know he fits in anywhere. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And and, and one just finally, Kate, I just wanted to say that we talked about it. I think a week or two ago. I forget who it was who was saying it. But some pundit with knowledge, intimate knowledge of the situation at City, was claiming that like he's in the top three finishers at the club as well. Huh. And that's at Man City. You know? Yeah, I, I, I believe that. Yeah, well, incredible, really. Although he did miss a one-on-one yesterday, didn't he? He did. Yeah. 
Well, it was offside anyway, wasn't it? Oh, uh, yeah. He still missed it. True. It's yeah. a great... yeah. But the record books will simply not show it. Yeah. <laughs> Doesn't even it's happen. True. No. Uh, we haven't even talked about Riyad Mahrez, who's, of course, the scorer of the two goals, was on a hat-trick um, towards the end, but didn't didn't manage to collect it. But I think he'll be all right. He'll be all right with that performance, um, I think. And Imagine course, if he tweets us today. I'm not even mentioned on the Ramble. <laughs> two goals in the semi-final. He's constantly tweeting us. It's actually getting a bit much, Riyad. <laughs> he was also um, one, the author of one of the, one of the top three quotes from players around the game last Come on, well, bring it. Where he said... Um, Did he say that first girl was channelling Sam Allardyce? <laughs> yeah, big shout out to Allardyce. <laughs> started off with that. Um, poor one out for Big Sam, he said. And he said, they lost their nerve, started kicking us. It was good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Actually, the quote, to be fair on that quote, it went on to say it was good that they got someone sent off it was good that they got no, someone sent off. No, what's your cut off though? Cut it off there. You can't just stop in the middle of a sentence. You can. Trying to make an entertainment show here. You can. <laughs> and he's a proper serious he's journalist. He's a proper serious journalist. Is that what you do then? Rich? I've Let's seen your ticker you. on Sky Sports. <laughs> I don't know where you cut off this. <laughs> so you're hanging out with Wedderburn. You yeah. Yeah. say whatever you want to say. Sometimes you run out of characters. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, yeah. To be fair, The Independent was never a broadsheet, was it? Even back when they could afford to have a paper. I think it was, it was a broadsheet, yeah. Was it? Okay, well, yeah. fair enough. Fair no, carry on then. No, yeah, we'll continue this journalism masterclass <laughs> yes, yeah. I think I think it was important. <laughs> yeah. uh, yes, either way, it was enjoyable that he was enjoying the yeah, reality of what um, happened to PSG, which, by the way, we talked, I mean, we talked about this on the group. I find it so, this is one of the things I find so fascinating about football generally is because sometimes, and often people don't know football well, they'll find it ludicrous that you can start making generalisations about sides, for one example. You know, Arsenal. How can Arsenal have the same character over hundreds, yeah. hundreds of years? Many years, anyway. Yeah. Um, and feels it's the like same, hundreds of years. Feels like hundreds <laughs> of years. And the same thing goes for fucking Paris Saint-Germain. Yeah. What the fuck, man? Like, they are a bunch of, well, not collectively, I would say, but individually, some of the most impressive players that you'll see on their day to behave like sort of Sunday league side, just hacking at various players to get sent off Angel de Maria when things aren't going their way. Am I misreading the game? You're doing a face like I'm misreading I, I the game. I, I, don't th- I don't think you're misreading the game. I think you're spot on. I, I would say it's not specifically a football thing I, you know I cover a lot of cricket and, you, of course, you, and yeah. you, see, you see it in that as well I remember I um, well they just lose their heads and give their wickets away don't they and it's so frustrating yeah oh I'm with you no, I th- or do you mean more about the character of a team uh, well uh, yeah a, l- a little bit of both because I think what you do is in, in defeat you tend to react more as an individual than in success even in cricket which is quite an individual team sport yeah um, I remember speaking to Catherine Brunn after the 2015 Women's Ashes when they lost to Australia. And Australia were, were brilliant. And I kind of framed the question to her. Uh, uh, essentially, I was like, you know, they seem like a proper outfit now. They're, they're, they were just about to go on like a period of dominance. And I was like, that must feel like, oh, yeah, they've, they've kind of set the standard. And she was like, she basically told me to shut the fuck up <laughs> because she was like, well, no, because like we're good as well. Why couldn't we be that good? And I was like, no, I know, but they're like, oh, they're they're clearly going somewhere. And she was like, I, like I, I just don't don't accept that. And I and I, you know, you watch that PSG game yesterday, and you realise that athletes in general, especially at that level, have a sense of entitlement. You know, they always talk about like yeah. what all the hard work they've done to get there, and and what they deserve to win. But what they see is um, deserving of their success is is kind of what's owed to them I, I've, I've put in the hard work to get here that is mine mm. that trophy is mine that Champions League final place is mine and when you take it away they get a bit petulant because that's the sense of entitlement that they grew up with and it's not a bad thing it, it's categorically not a bad yeah, thing yeah. 
Because otherwise they wouldn't be so ironclad in their confidence. But it dep- I mean, <clears throat> you say it's not a bad thing, but I think it does depend on how it manifests itself. I mean, I think there is a difference between wanting really working really hard, wanting to win at all costs and, and being really ruthless. And what we saw last night from PSG, and actually, to be fair, what we've repeatedly seen from PSG yes. on more than one occasion over a period of time. I mean, Lars on OTC talks about it quite a lot. I mean, he was talking about it on Twitter last night as well. Like it's, it's entirely, in, I, I, I agree with Kate Broadley, it's entirely indicative of a culture at a club. And you use the Arsenal comparison and, and how you know, Arsenal seem to have been known for this certain type of culture. And, you know, and Mourinho's talked about it in quite kind of damning terms, as you'd expect. You know, talking about Wenger being a specialist in fame all the rest of it. I don't, I don't quite. Agree and I with should that. of course say Spurs and various other well, clubs. You know, I well, don't want to draw too much seem, criticism, but clubs some, seem to have that. Yeah. Some part of it is a media narrative. I think we should make that clear. Yeah, and, definitely. Yeah. And that's definitely part of it. But what we saw last night was essentially a bunch of players, top level athletes, wrapping their hand in because there was no way out for them. And rather than kind of, and, and I, I actually thought the thing Ander Herrera said after the game was absolutely ridiculous. We were the better side for 70 minutes. Well, that's fair enough. That's subjective. We tried it all. We attacked. We are going to leave here with our heads held high. Well, I'm sorry, but you're not. You're not going home with your heads held high because you've embarrassed yourselves. Yeah. And you should at least acknowledge that. But but that's part of the entitlement where they just end up lying to themselves. Like I, I think PSG have, have built up on walking league on for so long that yeah. they're just they're just used to being you know, the big dogs in and, town. And, and they hate it when they're put in their place. If you look at the 11s that played last night, actually, I would go as far as to say, I'm not sure how many... I mean, Kate, you started off the section by saying they've got a lot of really great players, and of course they have. I'm not sure quite how great a lot some of those players are. Yeah, and because, one significantly wasn't there. But Yeah, for, that's fair enough. And obviously, you would obviously include Mbappe in one of the world's best players. Of course you would. But my argument would simply be that reputation... being a, Having a world-class reputation as a player is forged in moments like this. Yeah. And if you can't forge your reputation in moments like this repeatedly, whether it be a final or a semi-final or a quarter-final, whatever, um, sounds harsh, but I'm sorry, that's that's kind of how the reputations are made. And that's and that's why you see, that's why I think it is accurate, for example, on the other side of the fence, to say last night was probably a coming-of-age performance for Man City, not yes. just for those players, but for the team and for the club and for the manager, dare I say, who although has been well-decorated and is one of the very best managers around, has felt like he's not been successful enough in the Champions League and you know first final in 10 years and now he can look back and say well actually that I think they'll look back on that the same way that Manchester United look back on that 99 semi-final in Turin do you know what I mean it's a different yeah. kind of thing it's yeah. not quite a backs against the wall type situation but they actually proved to themselves they could make that 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 next step and no one expected United to do it in 99 I remember it well there was a lot the odds were stacked against them there's loads of reasons why they weren't going to do it not least because Juventus were brilliant at the time but Man City have, have, have done a coming-of-age performance last night in a different kind of way. Um, and I think that's an interesting aspect to it as well. Whatever the reverse of a coming-of-age performance was that from, from PSG. Yeah. I don't know if... I, I mean, they were, they were finalists last year, unless we forget. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, they, they, they probably had their own moment of, of, you know, City's equivalent last year and thought, right, we've come over it now. And then they've just fallen at the same hurdle again. But, but, I'm, but Or rather, you know... That's true. And I, hurdle I, back, yeah. I'm not, yeah. Trying to, I'm not trying to trivialise what they've achieved. I'm just saying, and this is a bit of an old... Maybe this is a bit of an old Graham Sue thing to say. <laughs> but I think for the, in the context of this conversation, it's an interesting point, at least, uh, I hope. You know, look at that 11 that played last night and tell me, honestly, if you were building the best team in the world or whatever, how many of those players you'd take? Yeah, Two, three? Yeah. Probably no more than that. And are we being reactionary or simplistic to complain about Neymar because I remember when he stepped up to take that free kick towards the end and he couldn't get any whip on it and it just slumped itself over the bar I was presumably projecting onto him that he was feeling like 
oh, you know, if I get this goal, <laughs> he probably just made a, he probably just made a mistake. Though, I know, of course yeah. he did, but you know, don't go Joe Barton about it. Never go full Barton. There's so many. There's so much projection onto Neymar because yeah. of the value that because of the amount of money that was spent on also him, because, and because he, of the he, kind uh, of style, you know, and the falling over and the and being, being a bit wet and all this stuff. And being by one of the best players of the last five years, yeah. Yeah, but not ha- having underachieved. Yeah. But yeah. If, you, if, if you take um, last night's game in, in, in kind of isolation, I mean, he's got Verratti playing behind him. He's playing like his hair's on fire. Di Marais <laughs> sent off. Cardi's offered absolutely nothing. And playing like his hair's, hair's on fire? Hair's on fire, yeah. Which hair? Just running around like a maniac. I've never heard that before. His right. head hair. Yeah, do you, well, you think his pubes? It's quite a well-known <laughs> phrase. Kate. He'd, he'd probably have done better, actually. <laughs> oh my god, I thought leg hair. Well, I don't know any other kind of hair. Chest hair. Maybe his nuts were on fire. It explained a lot of, of, yeah. about his performance. No, he definitely didn't move enough for a man who was <laughs> his nuts. Well, he fire. did for a very specific period. <laughs> yeah. Just taking everyone out around him. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god, PSG also didn't have any shots on target throughout the game. Uh, so no. yeah, in 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 the end. But that's that's a funny anomaly, Kate, as a stat because it, yeah, uh, uh, Ruben Diaz blocked about forty eight of them. Yeah, I know. I never some really of them could have been on target. Yeah, yeah. I, I never understand that. The blocked ones count as a separate category. Well, you on target, it has to go, you know, at, at the goal and be stopped basically on the line. Yeah. So they had on the no- actual line. Uh, well, yeah, within within the goal frame. So, like for example, Marquinhos hit the post yesterday, and that's not a shot on target. Yeah, but we all know that the frame of the goal is not on target. Which... I know, yeah. Completely... Okay. How many shots blocked? Denied by the post. How many shots blocked? Ends me. The answer is nine. Yeah, so that's a lot of shots. There you go. So we could say that there were nine on target, but we can't. We can't. Is no, what exactly. we're saying. No. For more technical chatter, join us on the Patreon. <laughs> So, do you want to do a bit more about what we're not saying? Yeah. <laughs> not a bit confusing. Yeah. <laughs> Understand also that Sir Alex Ferguson was seen visiting the Lowry yesterday morning where the PSG team was staying, he and Pocha mates. He's paying Mourinho's bill, I think. <laughs> Someone's fucking good. Do you want to settle that up? I know he's a nightmare. What are these films? Sounds <laughs> <Yeah>. yeah. <laughs> disconcertingly vague on my bill. <laughs> yeah, he was paying Mourinho's bill. He was... Um, he was popping in there because um, Wings was fully booked up. Well, because of course there's no outside space at Wings now, so yeah, oh, right. he probably yeah. can't eat there. So um, he's probably yeah, probably. Erling Haaland stay there, so he's probably collecting some of his DNA so he can recreate another <laughs> one in the lab. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, let's not forget as well it was Fernandinho's 36th birthday last night. Commentary and loving that. The did you see that moment where right at the end when Neymar got like unceremoniously bumped off the ball yes. and he was clearly about to act up yes. and Fernandinho put his hand on his shoulder and he looked at him and just like got up he Did was he? like come on mate come on alright football dad that I'll do what you say. Yeah. <laughs> are you just going to leave that Alex Ferguson thing out there hanging are you just yeah, for people to I'm make their own think, story yeah like. I thought that it's because that's more the football fan fiction that we love like he's, what he's was pa- going on in there he's pals with Pochettino though isn't he Ferguson yeah and the PSG owner as well Oh right, they are quite close. Who's yeah. not, frankly? Yeah, okay. Yeah. Well, I'm not. <laughs> don't make those sound like everyone here is. Yeah. <laughs> oh wait, you live in California. Well, who knows what your connections are? <laughs> yeah. I know. Yeah. Speak for yourself, Mason. Yeah. You've that... taken the Middle Eastern dollar as as much as you want in the past. I have. Yeah. It's a cross... Quite quiet about the ESL, wasn't yeah, she? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. It's just a cross we got it. We've yeah. all got a bear. It's very hard to deal to 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 compete when you're working alongside and trying to be asked to compete with essentially state-sponsored um, broadcasters, state-funded yeah. broadcasters, mm, you know, you're representative difficult. of a state, you know, it's difficult. Yeah, it's difficult. Okay, so in 23 <laughs> days' time, City will be champions, although not according to Pep Guardiola, who says it's a competition that is so difficult and something in the stars is involved in that. Yeah. I don't think he's talking about Kevin De Bruyne, but who knows? Well, we don't even know where they're going to be playing yet, do we? Different, different challenge for them. Who do you think they'd prefer? Um... 
it's, it's quite funny because you, you, we talk about how Guardiola's taken 10 years. Oh, there you go. Move no, on. No, actually, fuck, I've changed my mind, even as I said it. Real Madrid, you prefer Real Madrid. They've obviously lost to Chelsea in the FA Cup. Real Madrid are a bit flaky and old and fat. I kind of wanted to be Real Madrid because um, <laughs> Premier League teams doing battle in Europe is always tedious. Yeah, it? it is a bit. It is a bit. Yeah. But I was going to say the, the 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 big argument against how difficult it is for Guardiola to get back up to this top table and do his and you know take ten years to get to a final is that Zidane's just like waltzed in and going yeah I'll win that win that win that it's fine. So <laughs> yeah, it, it does put it in sharp relief if Guardiola and Zidane face off against each other in the final. It would be a an equally tedious subplot and narrative, I think. I, I quite like the idea that it is a table because, like, Zidane crops up and is like, oh, is he here? Yeah, Pep's just shot out for a minute, but he should be back soon. And he just kept coming back and it's yeah. now his chair. Yeah. I used to sit there, did you? Yeah, yeah if you well, squat, I that. If you squat in a house for 20 years, you get to keep the house. As right? little as 20. Well, I mean, it's you have not to be, worth it. You have to be committed it's not worth to it. live in someone's house that's not yours. You I, get to own the house. I said like seven. someone who's had to go through a few evictions, haven't you? <laughs> yeah, very much on the other side of the Yeah. yeah <laughs> Slum landlord Mason. You Read won't it. believe. A mere 20 years, <laughs> they get to keep it. Yeah. Well, yeah. Chelsea hosting Real Madrid at Stamford Bridge tonight. Hopefully not in snow. That's too, too bloody weird. Um... Championship relegation battle quickly before we head to a break, shall we? Yeah, sure. Rotherham drew with Luton last night, right? So that means that they are now two points adrift of Wazza. It says Wazza in the running order. I have never in my life before said Wazza, but I've just, like Anchorman Jules, I've just read it out. Yeah. <laughs> I feel All quite uncomfortable. Like Marcus does a bit of that as well. You I hardly ever do it. I don't, yeah. yeah, anyway, Wazza, Wazza's derby are in, <laughs> <laughs> are in 21st. Uh, who's who's going down, Luke Moore? Well, I I, I would like to say that um, we're not realistically going to get a decent um, relegation battle in the Premier League. So it will be really interesting for the neutral. Obviously, Derby fans and, and Sheffield Wednesday fans and Rotherham fans have my sympathy. As a Portsmouth fan, I've been there. I know what it can be like. But Saturday lunchtime will be a treat because there is, there is this situation. Now, I, I don't know, Vish, maybe you know more about this than me. And I know there's other things going on at Derby County and we should be careful before we kind of stick the boot in at these clubs who are, you know, big, important clubs to their communities having these difficulties. But, I mean, there's no getting away from the fact that the aforementioned Wazza has overseen quite a reign of disappointment, particularly in the last five or six weeks, but they've just kept losing games over and over again and now find themselves in this position. What's the thing about marginalising Steve McLaren as well? Why would you... Why would you why yeah, that's very that? strange, isn't it? He's uh, a man who's easily marginalised, to be fair. <laughs> Let's be absolutely clear about that. It's it, that was, the whole situation was really wild, wasn't it? Like Rooney's going to be a manager, but he'll have another manager next to him, and yeah. now they're not talking to each other. Yeah, and they've gone in this run. They've um, won one game since the uh, middle of February. I think. Yeah, I'm really I'm, re- I'm one of my best mates is a Sheffield Wednesday fan, so I've, I've pledged my allegiance to them. But it's as Luke said, yeah, it is going to be ridiculous because Rotherham so Rotherham got Cardiff, and Cardiff can't get you know playoffs are all sorted now. Yeah, so. Could be something of a right. Let's just flex our muscles, and so they could lose there, and then Sheffield Wednesday need to beat Derby, and we'll stay up on goal difference. That's a, that was the maths I was looking at, and it all comes down because Rotherham drew last night, yeah, which put them back in the mix. And and, and I think you know you you two guys, you two guys won't have any kind of um, experience of this with the clubs you support. But my team has gone through. So I'm not even just talking about when Portsmouth relegated from the Premier League, or then when they were relegated from mm. the Championship and League One after that. Back in the 90s, the mid to late 90s, the kind of Steve Claridge um, era of Portsmouth. Uh, and by the way, I should give a shout out to Alan McLaughlin, who sadly passed away yesterday. He's only just 
54 years old. Tragic, legendary player for Portsmouth as well. Um, around that kind of era, Portsmouth flirted with being relegated from the second tier. It felt like every single season and they would get out of it every time and it made you feel sick. It, like when I lived down there and, and, and the football club was a big part of my life, uh, obviously I don't live quite close to, as close anymore. It, it takes over the whole month mm. when you're getting into it and so, so I do have my sympathy all the teams are involved in this um, uh, going into this weekend but for those neutrals it, unfortunately it's a, it's a big part of what football's about football support's all about and watching and, and seeing the drama unfold and we're not going to get it in the Premier League so I'm looking forward to seeing what happens on Saturday It's good to give it a bit of that context as well yeah because I'm just all like oh this is exciting Sheffield Wednesday up against Derby on Saturday it's a, it's a relegation special but it's also like people suffering yeah but what, what's, not mentioned, what's not mentioned enough particularly when it comes from the Premier League down to the Championship again something I've experienced as a fan it's, it's not actually that bad you just, you just <laughs> and no, get it, parachute payments no it, it, no, it is bad if, if your team's in financial jeopardy and it's really difficult for lots yeah. of different other reasons of course that's bad but in terms of pure sporting merit there's loads to enjoy about the, 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 football, the English Football League like loads and so we shouldn't shy away from that we're just, we're just fed this narrative all the time the Premier League is the only place to be, like the biggest league in the world. And when you feel like you're being excluded from that, it can be quite difficult. But I think what a lot of um, football fans experience specifically on the pitch is like, look what's happened with Norwich and Watford this season. Well, what happens is you win a lot mm-hmm. of games. It's quite enjoyable. It's been difficult this season because fans haven't been able to go. But there's a lot to enjoy about the Football League as well. Yeah, I want definitely. to make that absolutely clear. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Oh, Marcus so, loves watching Fulham in the Championship. Yeah. He does it all the time. So you know what they... You know what we should think about? Which is handy, really. A breakaway championship. <laughs> we should think about cancelling promotion and relegation. Oh, right. I yes. think these guys... They had it right all the time. I think these guys Get are onto on something. The line. <laughs> I, think, I think they're onto something. Let's have a little think about that in this break. De Bruyne. De Gea. De Arby. Oh, my God. Welcome back to the Football Ravel with me, Luke and Vish today. In your ears. It's hard to recover from that. Vish has just got his head in his hands. It's like he was malfunctioning. <laughs> I think there needs to be a, a firm and frank discussion with Martin Tyler <laughs> this summer. And I'll leave it there. All right. Or you can email in. Let's get to some of these. Very self-aware, that one. Yeah. I've got nothing else to do. I don't <laughs> want to do this, but I've got nothing else to do. The Hawaiian vibe. That's, basically, that that's basically indie music, though, isn't it? True, I suppose, yeah. Is that the Hawaiian vibes one? I'm getting confused now. If yeah. No, no, the like Hawaiian gonna... vibes one is like the Jack John- Johnson-y one. Oh, that's right, yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. But I did still feel as though I could have had a pina colada. You can listen like to it in a... Hawaii, you can listen to it in Alaska. It's that dexterous a song. Yeah. Well done, Chris Roger. Second word, use of the word dexterous from Vish there. I well. know, yeah. I have a bad habit of just using the same word over and over again, depending on like... Yeah. What stage of the month I'm in. Fair enough. Happens to, to JK Rowling too. Is that, is that right? Is that right? Well done, Kate. Uh, the way you're looking at me like that, like I wouldn't know what you're talking about. Yeah. <laughs> I was looking at you because you got an email. I have. Yes. It's from James Jennings. J squared. Good to hear from you, James. Thanks for getting in touch. He says, uh, in April 2015, um, this is relevant to obviously yesterday's uh, Paul Dickoff tale. He says, in April 2015, me and my mate went to our first Manchester derby. Post Fergie and with City actually competing for titles at this point, our confidence wasn't the highest. After eight minutes, Aguero scored 
when we feared the worst. But United managed to score four in response. Ashley Young, Marouane Fellaini, Juan Mata and Chris Smalling uh, scoring the fourth in the 73rd minute. I was so excited, I picked my mate up and gave him a big bear hug and I broke two of his ribs. <laughs> Are you Erling Haaland? That's, I mean, it'd be interesting to hear from your friend, James, to know whether he'd rather take the 4-1 win and two broken ribs or a 1-0 defeat courtesy of an Aguero goal and a full complement <laughs> of ribs in the rib cage. As Jim will tell you, you can't do anything about it. No, you can't. You can't. They yeah. used to strap you up back in the day, but now they just it doesn't you just gotta wait it out. Exactly. You can't do anything. Fish, you're a Man United fan. If if I said to you you can have Man United to win the title next season, beating Man City on the final day to clinch it, mm. but you have to give four broken ribs in response, would you do yes. it? Yes. You would do it yeah. four. I'd do that four, yeah. Your cut off? Yeah. Uh, I probably want them all on one side so I can sleep. It's okay, really quite sore, isn't it? How yeah. many numbers of ribs could I get up to before you say no deal? How many ribs have you got? No one. I, I would say leave me one. You've got one working rib? Give me one rib. No, that's not, yeah. that's not what right. What do you even need ribs for? That's anyway. not right. Protecting them, your lungs. Yeah, they're, they're overrated. That's not right. Are they? It's like an appendix. <laughs> it's categorically it's not. not. Yeah. It's not. Oh, dear. Right. <laughs> Chris Bentley, I still own the Tottenham 1990-91 shirt my parents got, got for me. Being nine years old at the time, it no longer fits, but I still have the very vivid memory of wearing it while I watched the glorious Lily White beat Arsenal 3-1 in the semi-final and being so excited, I fell into our garden pond. I still take it out of the cupboard from time to time and marvel at the fact that, at the fact that I used to be that small and my club used to be good. Yeah. Oh, was he well. there? Was he, was he there? Oh no, he's in. Sorry, he's in the pond, so he wasn't at the stadium. I was about to be extremely jealous that he'd seen the Gaza goal. It'd be great if there was a pond. Maybe that's where Fulham got their yeah, inspiration. Yeah, Fulham from. have the the swimming pool. We've got the pond. Pond. That's classic, isn't it? Is there, there a is. is there a football ground called the pond? There's the dripping pan. <laughs> that which is, is a great good. name. Yeah. Lewis. <laughs> yeah. yeah, don't be falling into that. Um, great to hear from you guys. Show at footballramble.com. As we heard from Chris Roger, thank you very much for your jingle as well, of course, Chris. And tweet us at Football Ramble. Now, it was only Monday when we were wondering why Jose Mourinho was speaking about Inter, who, of course, have uh, enjoyed some recent impressive and, well, not quite unprecedented success. And he was saying, well, sometimes it might be that I have to go and manage a rival. But, you know, I would do that even though I did so well with Inter. What was he talking about? Bish, he was going to go and be the boss of Roma. Plot twist. Yeah. I, no one saw it coming, did they? No one saw it no coming. No one saw it coming. I feel it ha- I feel hard, actually, because I was looking through his Instagram and it was just full of throwbacks. Was it really? And I was, I thought, oh, yeah, like, he, 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 he Instagrams quite a lot. The uh, I thought that was just because it was ten years since it happened with uh, Inter. Yeah, no, it would have been, but but they were, um, yeah, they were all throwbacks. And I was a bit like, God, I, th- I, th- I think he's struggling. You know, when you just like look through old times, you're like, I used to have it good, yeah. and, and I didn't realize at the time, but now I'm struggling. Why are you looking at me? <laughs> <laughs> I never had it good. <laughs> the, thing, the point the guys made on Monday is that yeah, and it is the true one, which is that he's considered pretty differently. It seems like in Italy to how he is here, probably because fans have got short. Me- Some fans have got short memories, right? And let's not forget a banner with his name still hangs in the San Siro. He is a hero there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so I mean, you say outside of here, but. I know you. You know you've spoken about Mourinho before um, when he got sacked, and you were like you didn't like it. But part of you would have done. Part of you would have thought, God, if it's still in there somewhere, 
Oh yeah, could, I suppose that do, is the anxiety. If he does go and win fixed. the treble with Roma, I'm going to feel like a fucking well, tip. I mean, the, the, re- the reputation of, of, of what he did at Inter is purely because I, I think I'm right in saying what he achieved there is completely unprecedented in the history of Italian football. Yeah, mm. no other club's ever done it. So it's not like in England where we have seen, yeah, you know, Man United done it, and, and you know, and other places around the world it's been achieved. That's the only time it's ever been done in Italy. So of course he's always going to be a legend there for that. But it's also the only time he's been picked off of a job since Porto. Mm-hmm. So he's been sacked every other time or, you know, left mutual consent or whatever. Mm. But that was the first time they felt like, you know, he was taken. He did a brilliant thing and then really did I, one of it. I get the feeling that Daniel Levy might be involved in this. <laughs> Save a bit of money. But, I think it's excellent. That, I mean, from a Spurs oh, fan, it's it's good, right? Yeah, because when you're a Spurs fan, all you actually care about is the, is the money because there's nothing else to care about. <laughs> oh, um, you could spunk it, or spunk it on Bale's wages. Brilliant. Yeah. yeah. Well, I, that probably will happen. By the way, <laughs> was I the only person who thought that he did that? After his hat trick on Sunday, the listeners can't hear what you're doing. <laughs> yeah, the Mourinho three, three fingers. fingers thing. Oh, really? I, I thought that. that was my. That's what I immediately thought. I can remember when when Mourinho was at Inter doing this, um, doing this a great job, and he would regularly take the piss out of Roma because Roma. I think was it Ranieri's Roma? Mm. At, 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 yes, at, it was. At some point, yeah. Roma were pushing into quite. But they half were the pushing title. them. Yeah, but but Mourinho kept saying in his press conferences, zero titoli, zero titoli, Roma, zero titoli. Basically taking the piss out and saying they never win the title. And now he's there. And it's it, it's fascinating to me how Mourinho is this category of individual in football where it seems that no matter how far his star falls, the basement level for his star is still so high that he can still get a job at a team who, okay, don't have an amazing... Seventh in Syria. Yeah, fine. They don't have an amazing history of winning loads and loads of titles, of course. I think the last time I did it was around the turn of the century or whatever. But they're still a big club. I mean, and, and, and the interesting thing about Roma is that they can't necessarily compete with financially with Ju- Juventuses and with some of the other teams in Italy because they don't own their own stadiums. It's very difficult to generate a lot of revenue for that reason. Mm. And so they are not necessarily ever going to be able to do that unless things change. But it's a fascinating appointment. A fascinating appointment. Be- because because he is such a one-man industry in this sport that it's going to raise the profile of Roma. That's quite an obvious thing to say, but it's going to raise the profile of, of Roma massively anyway. Um, I'd, I'd like to know how Chris Smalling feels about it as well. To be I'd like to know how... Football Ramble listeners think about it if we've got any Roma fans in our ranks show at footballramble.com but yes it's quite enjoyable to think of Chris Smalling and Henrik Mkhitaryan and Pedro and various other people (laughs) who have seen behind the curtain they might not um, in as an athletic article I think yes I think you sent it to us Luke um, all about what this means for Roma and they just there was just a sentence that just went. It hasn't always run smoothly. No. <laughs> <laughs> I love that they've given him a three-year deal. Yeah. Like the number of people that talk about the third season syndrome under Mourinho, and they've given him a three-year deal, and it feels a little bit like, you know, you wouldn't rent Reservoir Dogs and then stop watching as you get to the shootout scene at the end, would you? No. You want to ha- you want the whole experience. I love Reservoir Dogs. Yeah. One of my favourites. But his d- terms at clubs keep getting. Shorter, don't they? Because it was only eighteen months at Spurs. But the but the whole thing with Mourinho is like the, the oh, and and I suppose it didn't really happen at Spurs because it didn't amount to three seasons. Well, no, but, but it was point, that it's fast forwarded. Yeah, that, that the point, point I'm making yeah. it it's just compressed now, so you don't need to do. I don't know anything about Reservoir Dogs, obviously, but um, you, you don't need to do. So it's an hour hour long Netflix special, is what you're saying? Yeah. Yes. You don't need. You don't need full, to do the three. You don't need to Snyder cut Mourinho. You just need give it to me in an hour and a half. Right? Give him yeah. Give him an 
give him a nine just give him a nine monther and you can fast forward the whole thing I reckon given that he's already laid the groundwork with Smalling and Mkhitaryan and all these other dudes yeah he, they, they, they already know him it's fine yeah well it's a touch for him because he's got a good long term deal um, they've got no recent history of winning loads of stuff and it's a, it's, but it's actually quite a wide open league now mm. Serie A so yeah, you never know I mean stranger things have happened right so you're backing Jose why not let's revisit this in the requisite nine months, shall we? Yeah, yeah. Or we'll perhaps ask Nikki Mandini about it uh, later down the line. But she's going to be on OTC tomorrow and going to give us all the, the true insight into Inter's title win and Jose's new job. That one's out tomorrow on Football Ramble Presents. Subscribe, join us. Mm. That's where the good stuff is. The good stuff is also here. Football's weirdness is really seeming to peak at the moment. Did you see the egg thing? Yeah, this is crazy. And I, I really think you need to do a pretty good, really good job explaining to listeners what this is actually all about, because it's very, very strange. Well, interestingly enough, I, I was somewhat disappointed. So it was described to me as instead of a coin toss for Mariupol, I don't know how to pronounce that, but again, right in, Mariupol's clash with Lviv in the Ukrainian Premier League at the weekend, the captains each used an egg to do the coin toss and whichever broke, that guy... Got Lost to the like conkers, I guess. Oh, it was that way around. That's yeah, the way yeah, I yeah. Saw that it. makes yeah. sense. Like conkers. Yeah. But for some reason, in reading that, I turned that into they hit the eggs on each other's heads. No. Before a game, imagine running around with an egg on your head. So apparently it was to mark Ukrainian Easter. They yeah, okay. So I wondered. Yeah. I've never, ever heard of that being a thing before. No. In any walk of life. In a way, it's a little bit. Because it's very gentle and delicate, isn't it? When you watch the footage, definitely watch the footage. It's really underwhelming. In the <laughs> so, world of like MMA and boxing, it's, it's very, very, very t- tame. What it, what, so what would have been fine in your eyes if that, if that was tame? Well, don't do it. The coin toss is fine. Don't do it. Featuring eggs or with or without eggs? Eggs, any food. Well, I was, I was just thinking there, actually, they could do it in um, MLS where they, uh, you know, they break the wishbone and whoever gets that's a good bit, idea yeah, that's a good the, idea that's not dramatic though. wishbones are dramatic that's about as dramatic as one of those like a really cheap cracker none of it's dramatic really that's the do thing. you find a coin toss dramatic <laughs> yeah and I think the whole point of a coin toss is it happens really quickly before the actual game which they, is why everyone's there yeah. in tennis and stuff they try and hype it up don't they they put like a fake coin on the big screen like yeah, whoa yeah. what's gonna happen in, uh, in the Big Bash League the T20 competition in Australia but they, the toss is massive in cricket yeah but but in, in, but in Australia they use a cricket bat and they flip it so if it lands on the it's called heels and flats so if mm. it lands um, flat side facing up that's that's absolute bullshit I'll tell you what's what? bullshit because <laughs> because mathematically speaking, <laughs> yes. a coin is totally even. Yeah, yeah, it's totally even. Whereas surely that's a heel but it's not not a real cricket bat. They they use something with um yeah they they've got the width right and they've just written heels and flats on it because ah. it's something it's something you do in park cricket. You just throw a bat in the air. Yeah. Well, exactly. But in park cricket is yeah. what I guess Lucas is talking about. What would you like to have seen eggs done with then, Vish? I feel as though you sidestepped that. Well, so like, I have you thrown eggs at someone, but like to catch them? No. So that, that's quite fun. Were, you, were it... you there when we were talking about egging the other day? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 I actually got away with that under the radar because I have actually eggs. So it's quite a good, you know, point. Mason, you've been in the nets recently. It's quite a good way of like, developing soft Oh, how to catch soft hands. Yeah, yeah. Okay. so like you um, throw it back and forth and whoever cracks right. it, they're the. So you think that would be better hands. as a coin toss? I just think it'd be quite fun. Imagine just chucking it from like, you know, 60 yards. I don't understand the point of it. 
So then you catch it and it doesn't break. Yeah, so the whole point is just to try and catch it so it doesn't break, yeah. All oh, right. Okay, I like it. So that's what you do instead of a coin toss. Oh, coin toss would, is fine. Yeah. Let's agree with that. No, uh, no, egg-related, I'd do that. Obviously the coin toss is fine. <laughs> yeah. a bit unfair there. Um, also, in other sort of not egg-related but similar sort of vein news, did you see the drone having the shit kicked out of it? This is, so this is what I wanted to get to. This is the stuff. <laughs> This is the stuff. So, Luke's so been waiting. <laughs> in Argentina, Neil's old boys lost 3-0 to Rosario Central, right? And obviously there's no fans in the stadium. So a, a bunch of Rosario Central fans flew a drone in with a banner on the bottom of it, uh, slagging Neil's old boys off, basically, giving them a load of shit. And the thing was, I don't know if they had full visual on where they were flying it because they flew it way too low and the banner only ended up about five foot off the ground. So the nearest Newell's old boys player grabbed it, pulled it to the ground and you'd think he was just going to pick it up and put it on the side of the, side of the pitch so well, let's get on with the game. He ended up just <laughs> kicking the shit out of it and then another player came over with the ball in his hand because he was about to take a corner, smashed the ball into the drone as well and they just threw it to the side like it was nothing. It was so dramatic. It was just great to watch. I think that's I think that's an appropriate reaction. Do you? Yeah, I quite like that. Jones are quite flimsy though. This one was just... a very cheap looking one. Right. It wasn't it wasn't one of the kind of so there's a there's a there's a there's a um I'm just pitching the scene where like R2 D not R2 D2 where Short Circuit gets uh, Johnny Five yeah. when he just gets the shit kicked out of him and he's like ow <laughs> It was <laughs> a bit like that. Ow. But there's a there's a certain br- brand it. of drones where <laughs> you buy them, they're about fifty quid. You spend ages trying to work out how to fly them and the battery runs out <laughs> yeah. and you've got to charge it again and the whole process like, continues. It was a bit like that. It certainly wasn't like your kind of David Attenborough planet Earth flying <laughs> with a camera on it. It was a terrible, yeah. it was like an Argos drone, right? And it got and it broke so easily as well. But I just thought it was an interesting story. So actually they perhaps anticipated the reaction when they bought the drone, not going for yeah, the maybe they thought, one. They, maybe yeah. they thought, you know what, it's a completely expendable drone. This is probably going to go wrong, but we want to make our point nonetheless. More Champions League action to come tonight. It's Chelsea 1, Real Madrid 1 on aggregate. Now look guys, I don't think we've had a chance to mention it yet. Chelsea women, there's already one English team in the Champions League final. They won 4-1 against Bayern in the return leg on Sunday. It was absolutely brilliant performance for Emma Hayes from Emma Hayes side to win that so it's you know 5-3 on aggregate the win but it's so it sounds like it was comfortable-ish on the night as well 4-1 but it was so exciting right up to the last minute brilliant goal as well uh, from Bayern Munich to, to spice things up but also like one of the goal, one of the goals of the season yeah, one right. of the goals of the yeah. season ping oh, yeah. yeah gotta love that um uh, yeah, Sarah Sadrasil with that. Uh, but you've also got to love Emma Hayes' uh, post-match press conference, which on the Guardian live feed was described as almost as good as the game itself, and the game was fucking good. She, she, said, she is refreshingly frank. She said, yeah. I tell you, I'm I'm going to have a nice sing-song and I'm going to cry all the way home because mouths silently, I'm so fucking happy. <laughs> <laughs> and we talked about Guardiola, didn't we, having this build-up of, of, of getting to the apex of what he wants to do with City. Well, Emma Hayes has been at Chelsea for a long time, right? This would be a massive, massive moment for her. Um, almost 10 years since she took the job, so it's incredible. And, that, and you're right, the performance was amazing. The game was really good. Um, and that goal particularly was incredible. Right up until the last minute as well, there was like chance after chance in the oh, 88th, yeah. and then after stop, stoppage time as well, they had a chance. Yeah, it was it was manic. Yeah, because the the goal they scored was with the the fourth goal they scored was when the keeper had already come up. But I was quite impressed with uh, like very quickly, very, very impressed with Sam Kerr because she took a while to get to grips with like football in the UK, and then suddenly she's just become a bit more all action, dropping back and 
her and Frank Kirby are um, yeah, sight to behold. What's what's the um what's they played Barcelona in the final, right? Yeah. I, I know Chelsea women's haven't won the champ women's champions League before. Have Barcelona got a better record? I don't really know much about Barcelona as a, as a No, they're team. new they're a sort of new side okay, in the in the women's game. Obviously. Well, which is why the joke thing happened yeah, with the ESL. Yeah, it's like yeah. all these new teams are coming up. Yeah. Well the Barcelona yeah. sound as though they're good. I mean yeah, they've they've got yeah. a quite good men's team. Yeah. Uh yeah, no, so and it's also just the second English team to get to the Women's Champions League final after mm. Arsenal, who won it in 2007. Yeah. Um, Emma Hayes, will they be getting a day off? No. Uh, they'll be bright in bright and early tomorrow, she said. This was obviously on Sunday, so on Monday, and they're playing tonight. I heard, uh, her, I heard her on the, doing a radio. Spurs. Sorry, Kate, I, heard, I heard her doing a, a radio interview yesterday where she said that if I didn't win the final, someone said, oh, what would you do if you, if you don't win the final? She said, I'll probably just go to the pub. <laughs> and, the, uh, and the interview on the radio so I'll come with you if you want she went, yeah you come down if you want <laughs> she's just so frank it's yeah. really refreshing it's great was it someone you'd want to go to the pub with I can't remember I think it might have been Max Rushton oh maybe we all like to go to the pub with Max Rushton Max Rushton is fine isn't he lovely fella he owns uh, he owns a stake in a, a very good um, cricket back manufacturer who Max yeah so I would I'd quite like a stick actually so there you go there we go. Right. I'd, go, I'd go for a drink with him. Yeah. All right, let's we can work. <laughs> we can work on this. This is the pod crossover Sorry, that people Fish, need want, to see. Do you want to listen your own time? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, in the men's tonight, the big news for Real Madrid, and I don't fully understand how this has happened because we mentioned it in the build-up. Marcelo, he is going to be there. He was yeah. able to. He did have to do polling duty, but he's managed to clock off early. Apparently, an elderly lady has offered to cover for him. Why can he find someone younger? Why is he an old woman? He's undermined democracy there. Yeah. I think so, yeah. Yeah. Especially as he's going to be in a private jet across, apparently. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) the people. Whenever I go and vote, which I'll I'll obviously do uh, tomorrow... Um, I always take a little uh, present to the people working the in the polling. Do you really? Yeah, that's quite they're, sweet. They're there all day. I take chocolates, but I'm not yeah. like a present. Yeah, that's what I, I mean. That's what I mean. Yeah, oh, right. chocolate or whatever you know. I thought you just got because it's always the same people. I wonder if you got to know them so well. You're like twenty-four yeah? beers. Yeah, <laughs> I don't take a beer. But they're sat there from like so, it's such a long day. So you got to give them a little bit of a credit. So maybe I toke on that. Marcelo's just. <laughs> Inside. <laughs> Marcelo's just uh, just knocked off early. I'll go go play football. Now. Like, oh my bad. He did actually travel with the squad. Sorry, Marcelo. Oh. I was making you out to be a guy in a glass house, um, yeah. and that's and trying to throw some stones. Do I mean a glass house in a glass palace in a golden palace? Um, Sergio Ramos. Someone want to give Kate a reset <laughs> in an egg palace, throwing an egg at a golden palace. Sergio <laughs> yeah. Ramos also fit, expected to start. Speaking of big game preparation, Lionel Messi invited Bar- the Barcelona team and their partners to his house for a barbecue. Yeah, apparently he's being investigated for potentially breaking COVID. Oh, uh, re- fuck. I was wondering regulations. that. Yeah, that's what was being reported today. Um, so I'm not sure what's going to happen with that. Um, oh, but, um, God, they got a big clash with Atletico this weekend. They they're have, all going to have to stay home. Well, that's it, the worst oh. team bonding exercise ever, isn't it? You don't have a team after that. Do you reckon Simeone did like a messy impression and called all the players up? Oh, come round to my house and do the barbecue. <laughs> He's not above that. Yeah. He's definitely not and above then, that. And called the feds. Well, yeah. guess what they're doing. <laughs> He's not yeah. above that, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, before we go, just wanted to let you know that we've got a brand new episode of Between the Lines with Melissa ready for you. Uh, she's been speaking to the Exeter chairman, Julian Tag, about their fan ownership model. Very relevant in the current era. Uh, she also spoke to the author, Joshua Robinson, about the history of club ownership in the Premier League. Paints a bit of a picture of where we're at now and where we might be heading next. You can listen and subscribe now via your favourite podcast app. That's Between the Lines with Melissa Reddy. I'm off to do that just now. That's not true. I've already subscribed. Yeah, exactly. I can't. I'm not. You can't double subscribe. It's like you can't like something twice. Sit here pretending you haven't subscribed to Melissa Reddy's fine work. Outrageous. Liar.
I'm going to get out of here. Nice to see you, Vish. It's been a pleasure. Oh, and Luke. Nice to see you too, Kate. And nice to speak to everyone listening. Thank you very much for your time today. We've all had a lovely time together. I hope you have had too, dear listener. On tomorrow's show, Marcus, Andy and Pete. We'll see you then. This was a Stakhanov production and part of the Acast Creative Network.